Let thy soul be awakened. In the Industrial Revolution of the 19th century, what humanity basically learned to produce was all kinds of stuff, like textiles and shoes and weapons and, and vehicles. And this was enough for very few countries that underwent the revolution fast enough to subjugate everybody else. What we're talking about now is like a second industrial revolution, but the product this time will not be textiles or machines or vehicles or even weapons. The product this time will be humans themselves. We are basically learning to produce bodies and minds. Bodies and minds are going to be, the, I think, the two main products of the next wave of all these uh, uh, changes. And if there is a gap between those that know to produce bodies and minds and those that do not, then this is far greater than anything we saw before in, in history. And this time, if you're not part of the revolution fast enough, then you probably become, become extinct. Once you know how to produce bodies and brains and minds, so cheap labor in Africa or South Asia or wherever, it, it simply counts for nothing. Again, I think that the biggest question, in, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decades, will be what to do with all these useless people. I don't think we have an economic model to, for that. My best guess, which is just a guess, is that uh, food will not be a problem. Uh, with that kind of technology, you will be able to produce food for, to feed everybody. The problem is more uh, boredom and how, what to do with them and how will they find some sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless. My best guess at present is a combination of drugs and computer games. All right, so uh. that was uh, <laughs> Yuval Noah Harari. Yeah. Who... I don't know a lot about him other than I am in an algorithm of um, clips. Dystopian. Yeah, I'm in the dystopian algorithm yeah. of clips from the world, like to speeches and talks from the World Economic Forum. <laughs> and I don't know if that, honestly, if that was this year. I didn't go deep, but regardless if it was like last year or this year, uh, I've seen other clips of this guy basically talking about pretty much the AI takeover of humanity. Um, and I never know. Like, I want to believe he's just sort of commenting on a trajectory he sees. Uh -huh. But it really feels like it's a trajectory that he uh, really is hopeful about and wants. But yeah, I'm wondering exactly, without further research, because I really want to comment on some other things about this, but... Um, this sort of other wave of the industrial revolution, mm -hmm. which um, would be the product now is like minds and bodies. Right. So is that implying that we're altering minds and bodies um, as the product itself? Like for those listening, go back to the 666 Bill Gates of Hell episode uh -huh. and how um, – Who's that writer you like, uh, Vand Vandana Shiva? Uh, Vandana Shiva. Um, and we, you quoted her talking about how they're coming up with ways to basically try to patent the human body, essentially. Correct. So I don't know 
if that's what the reference is to that, but that's what I'm thinking. Well, I'm like, or are they cloning minds and bodies? That's what I was thinking too. I was like, are they getting some, are they somehow getting like people's DNA on a mass scale? And now that's going to be the future where they're cloning us. Like you said, Oprah's going to be around when this kid is like 50 years old. Yeah, he'll probably be on <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Um, talking, like interviewing, like, oh, my parents had a podcast. And yeah, the dissenters. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, but this, like, if you, those of you listening, Google, uh, what's his name? Klaus Schwab. Yes. And tell me how this is not an actual real life um villain? james bond villain <laughs> or an really an austin he's like an austin powers villain right it's like ridiculous but this or like notion, a star wars larper um but uh this notion that this person that we just dubbed in here could just know such so nonchalantly talk about the useless people I know. And that there's going to just be a whole existence of useless people that were once slightly useful for cheap labor, but now will be useless because we can create a better commodity around brains and bodies. It's like, it's so heartless. It's beyond heartless. It's as sick as it gets. And um, I think, though, he does have a point, And I think he has a point in this interesting time. But what's interesting is at the time of me discovering this is right around the time that we were having this Neptune, Jupiter, and Pisces conjunction, which Mm -hmm. hasn't happened since like 1850s, whatever, which was the advent of the third wave of the Industrial Revolution, which was considered the scientific age of the Industrial Revolution. So we saw uh, like telephone, telegram really got into use a lot more... um, Electric telegrams, railways became common. So even like there was tremendous advancements in weaving. Okay. So textiles, which to me is very Neptunian um, or Piscean, meaning it's this sort of interconnectedness of multidimensional realities. Yeah. So it really is a weaving of patterns. Definitely. So it, it seems interesting to me, and even the, the phonograph, which is a way to amplify music and sound, um, and Jupiter comes together with Neptune, which is can be music and art and sound and creativity and and high consciousness, and Jupiter's rolling in to come in next to it to help expand it. Yes. Right? So these were sort of cool things. The steam engine was invented, and that is steam. Neptune, Pisces, that's steam. Pisces is steam. It's all water element. Mm. So it's like heat up a little steam. There probably I should look at the chart for that time. There's probably some Mars happening because you need something to heat up that steam. Yeah. And then you need some Saturn to confine it so you create pressure so you can direct the energy. Huh. Surprised you're not a scientist. Yeah, I missed my boat on that. <laughs> it's because uh, I hated school. Yeah. And probably if I had more like, here's creative ways to learn science, I would have really jammed out. But it's interesting they're talking about this new wave of industrial revolution. And this aspect is happening now is the time of we're recording this. Yeah, I know. It's very auspicious. I'm still wondering what they would actually do with bodies and minds to make where like those bodies and minds don't have to work for a living. 
Because it no, kind of implied that people would just be sitting on their asses, not needing to do anything. I think they're going to create or advance bodies of mind that will do the, the work or whatever. And then all of the useless people, uh, I don't know. I guess they will just feed them. And But this is the part that I found interesting is they'll just have to take drugs and play video games. Right. Which is super... Uh, Neptune. Yes, Super Pisces. So we kind of have an amplified theme of Jupiter, which just adds more to whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. And Neptune is very very much um, drugs. um, And Pisces is very much drugs. Pisces is self-undoing. And so you, if you go down the sort of wrong direction, so to say, with all of this, absolutely, you're going to just feel empty. You're going to feel no sense of meaning, no sense of purpose. You're going to be completely confused. And your only sort of respite in life will be the consumption of something that creates the illusion of you feeling good, mm-hmm. a.k.a. drugs, alcohol, um, you know, you can like indulge in Neptunian activities by like binge watching Netflix for too too much. Yeah. Like f- even film is Neptune. Um, but you know, there's no like a, all, anything in some level of awareness or moderation. I mean, we certainly have binge watched shows. And, yeah. Um, you know, we've all been there. That's not like the end of the world. But know that when you're going sort of too deep. Neptune and Pisces you just sort of feel like you're drowning well that um, that can be potentially a symptom of that and um, Pisces can be addiction it's addiction self-undoing depression uh, things like that and um, it it can be a very hard energy Neptune is sort of so advanced that to the unconscious planet that's an energy of most classical astrologers will talk about confusion and loss and things like that. And um, it's sort of dreamy, but it can be under, uh, you know, underworld, you know, and magic uh, will teach that um, like 12th house energy is um, sort of underground illegal society, oh. AKA like the mafia or what. Oh, interesting. So it's sort of hidden. It's instead of underground, it's like underwater. Um, and it's just mysterious and secretive, mm. especially if you throw in a bunch of Scorpio stuff. In there. Ooh, yeah, I like that. But I am concerned that the, the with the zeal and matter of factness, actually, he's not even, uh, there's no zeal. I don't know. He sort of flatlines. Maybe it's just how I interpret. It could be an android. He's, yeah, maybe he's an android. Uh, sometimes I interpret Israeli accents like that. Um, but the, uh, like the inflections and everything. Um, but the level of how it's just matter-of-factly saying there's going to be, again, useless people that their only hope and salvation is uh, drugs and video games. Which makes me think of this, the onset of the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, but it also makes me think of where we're, we're always asking people leaving their jobs, where the hell are they going? 
I guess they're going to some other Neptunian dimension. I think they're just evaporated into a timeline of prosperity, and they had which I like that some, idea something else. Uh, but maybe they've just been like usurped by by this guy, and <laughs> they're just His like underground cult. yeah, they're living in like a matrix pod uh, as like they're just. Um, draining their life force and they're just in uh, like a simulated uh metaverse and they're just giving just enough drugs to uh to not to feel good or something yeah maybe not feel good i don't even know um but this is just a like this time this aspect everyone and i've spoke very highly of this neptune jupiter energy coming together but there is there is concern because if you feel like you don't have meaning or something to be dedicated to, which is ultimately what Pisces, this Pisces Virgo dynamic, Virgo is being like the dedicated spiritual practitioner and Pisces is the greater spiritual path. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like being a monk and then the monastery. Yes. Pisces would be like the monastery. But if you, it's, and it is profound meaning, but I, I just think a lot of unconscious people on the planet aren't tapped into meaning and they're void of any inkling of experience of their infinite soul. And that leaves people high and dry. Yeah. You need something. So I also feel like drugs and alcohol um, become some level of a solution. Or maybe it's binge-watching uh, shows and eating, you know, Kit Kat minis or whatever. Yeah, but when I heard that, I really felt like it is so important to have a spiritual practice and to build community more than ever. Even though, in, in my mind, it always seems kind of, like, cheesy, like, a spiritual practice? No, like, oh, it's community and, and meditation. Like, I just feel like that's always, that's there's definitely, like, a part of our zeitgeist that drills the importance of meditation and community that I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it, I get it. Um, but I, I'm really now, like, okay, I got to get serious about this. Yeah, you do need to get serious And, like, it. you know, and honor it more. Sorry, hold on. Okay. Um. Well... A spiritual path right now, really based on so many spiritual traditions, but the need for people to have the tools to, like I said, have a greater experience of their infinite soul and to tap into that, you know, um, at least a little bit, at least scratch a little surface because there's enough prophecies, there's enough teachings that say in this advent of this sort of shift of consciousness for humanity, um, people could be l sort of left behind. And this guy's, he's meeting with like political world leaders, um, not just politics, but thought leaders, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, this is the whole movement and group of people that literally talk about the COVID reset. Like there's books. Yeah. Like this is, none of this is conspiracy theory. If it's you're listening and you're not, probably if you're listening, you are aware of this, but if you're listening and somehow thinking I'm talking about conspiracy theories, I'm not. I'm also tired of conspiracy theories being that word has been 
or that phrase has been weaponized and um, it's a pejorative now. And it's like I saw the setup in the beginning of COVID. And then even the word freedom has become a pejorative (laughs) to mean like you're white supremacist or some bullshit. So if you believe that, like, get the fuck off this pod. Mm -hmm. Stop listening. Um, But uh, or listen and have an open mind, I guess. Yes. Do whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) But um, we we need that. And I've just seen the dismantling of so much spirituality, at least in America right now, that it's there's always a war. Yeah. Like people don't get it. Like, people don't get, like, these bogus fake witches of, like, witches of Instagram out there that are then, like, attacking people for not having, like, the beliefs in, say, pharmaceuticals and government oppression that they have. Like, they're witch hunting. Like, these fake (gasps) witches are literally witch hunting, going after people for having a spiritual path and then being cognizant and having an attuned awareness because they actually practice multidimensional consciousness so that they can see patterns that go beyond their limited viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And then they're claiming, I'm a witch, and then telling you what you have to can and can't do with your body, and the list goes on. They're literally witchcraft burners. Yeah. And they're going after spirituality hard and they're fucking frauds and i've had enough (laughs) so that's that's my gripe i've had enough of these world uh, economic forum fucking assholes trying to say you will own nothing and be happy like these this is like old news and i don't talk about it a ton on the pod um because i've been in it i've been watching this for years but enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And what are, what are you going to do about it? Like, where do you make the change? I mean, the reality is you have to do something within yourself. Yes. And if you're not tapped into a greater experience of yourself and an alignment of a higher consciousness that is a real, that is your higher consciousness, you're going to be in trouble. You know, in magic, the teaching is the unfit will be thrown into the discard. There's yogic teaching saying that there will be three types of people. Crazy people, dead people, or angelic people. And people don't want to own up to that. I was always taught, too, this is a new time. There's no more fence sitting. I speak on it every single uh, Aries equinox. And this is the time of year, especially with the advent of Aries coming in. This is when you just say, fuck it, I'm trailblazing, I'm doing my thing. And I was incarnated with a mission, with a purpose, for my spiritual evolution. And I hate to break it to you, but your evolution is really the onus is on you. Now it's Aquarian, so we can create community and we can create support and we can come together as a bigger, brighter family. You know, and it's not like you have to go full deep, you know, Um, like this is what I love the most. But at least something where you're just a little more attuned. Yeah, well, it's kind of like they're already the isolation and and people normalizing isolation is really the first. um, It feels like that's the first little uh, seedling of of the future of people not really having or even engaging with community because there's a fear. And it's like. I mean, the vibe is weird. Like, even when you go out now and, like, people, you know, you could see someone's entire face. Like, there's still a disconnect of, like, how do I engage with 
a stranger. Oh, yeah. People are um, like you go to the co-op over here and uh, which they just lifted mass mandates. And it's yeah. about 50 50. But people are so afraid to go like go in and reach for the organic carrots. If like you're standing next to them you know, grabbing some Brussels sprouts or whatever. Yeah. And it's the, the fear is real, but yeah. I'm just think about all the kids too, that were starting to come of a different consciousness, like small toddlers that uh, aren't be able to read or hear the sounds and the facial cues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some studies out now uh, pr- absolutely proving, and I'm talking like major universities and Brown. Now, I haven't read these studies, and at some point maybe I will, but it doesn't seem like it takes a scientific study to just say, oh, gosh, everyone's trying to listen to you with your face half covered and muffled sounds. How do you think a two-year-old is learning to navigate the world. Yeah. It was like that dumbass chiropractor we went to who was like, you know, children just, um, they really just adapt. They're not complaining about all of this. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, because they adapt. Right. They'll adapt to abuse. And they're very and impressionable think, as well. And think you love them. Yeah. Also, that chiropractor sucked. Um, he didn't do anything. No, I know. We need some L.A. chiropractors. That like, at least I came they're from like the best hustling. chiropractor in L.A., and I I miss her so much. Dr. Bass. Dr. Bass. She, if you're she in L.A., not, go to Dr. Bass. She might listen to this. She follows Instagram and everything. She sent us a gift. But talk um, about community. When you walk in, everyone is loving life. Yeah, they're t- all like getting adjusted. <laughs> Um, every time I'd pick you up or drop you off, there was like a million, it was like the hangout. It's a party. Like yeah. on Beverly and La Cienega there. Well, and you would be like, Gina, I know your adjustment only takes 10 minutes. Like you were in there for 45 and I was like, well. Yeah, but I'm a time Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, but it's just, you know, you get like the full adjustment. Dr. Bass is awesome. This is, yeah. She does not sponsor this pod no. just for the record. But, uh, that's just happened who you're going to, but I don't know what they're pedaling here at least freaking crack my back i know I you know it's not like the guy was a jerk or anything no but it was so boring he was like yeah you don't have to ever come back i'm like what Maybe don't he you just want business read it. he just wasn't into us yeah and then they were like oh we're gonna charge you more money oh yeah um that yeah that's endless bullshit with insurance scams fucking the medical industrial complex even something alternative well like chiropractic, which isn't even really alternative anymore. But, um, yeah, you would have thought. But anyhow, someday we'll find uh, there, there's someone that follows our work, and she's a traveling chiropractor, and she comes up through Vermont sometimes. Oh, she does. Okay. Yeah. So um, I thought you were just speaking that, so it becomes real. No, it's real. She's real. Okay, this is a real person. Yeah. Okay. She said she might roll up through here. Really? Yeah. She'll uh, do some adjusting. <sighs> I'm into that. Um, I, I still love chiropractor YouTube videos. I like the TikTok um, chiropractor spoofs. Uh, I've seen a couple of those. Those are <laughs> funny. Uh, but I mostly like the real ones on YouTube. I enjoy the the release and the tears. Yeah. Oh. I'm shadow chiropracting. Really, <laughs> there's nobody here. There's some other chiropractors that do listen, like um, Abby. I'm do- actually doing oh, going to yeah. be on their podcast. That's right. 
This Friday, or we're recording. Yes. Well, they they both listen, um, but Coffee with the Docs kind of our allies, our podcasting allies. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so let's go back to Neptune and drugs. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, as well, I'm like, how much of myself do I reveal? I guess the the bottom line is. Um, it's on some level, it's sad for me to see the sort of sense of confusion. And then I also have a lot of optimism Mm. because more and more people are interested in something, some level of spirituality. And again, you don't like, you can go, you don't have to go like crazy deep. But as long as there's something that's like sprucing up your consciousness mm-hmm. in your life, you're going to have like a lot more openings yeah, and a lot more opportunities. And sometimes even just like I'll do a little breath work, for example, and that I get kind of quote unquote almost high from, which yeah. is also why I love Kundalini. And as someone who I, I still consider myself an addict, I, I am like, clean or clean and sober as some people say but um you know i don't i like the notion that if i do something that makes me feel kind of quote-unquote high like i feel really exhilarated i feel good through natural means and natural practices of my own body and accessing the prana and um moving my glandular system or you know exercise can be great things like that well, then I feel really good. And when I feel really good, it's a lot easier for, to go about my day. Yeah. And then I maneuver into a lot more opportunity, I notice. So, I, you know, I think seeking feeling good is it's sort of noble in of itself. It's just the things that you think make you feel good often create the illusion of that. Wait, and then it doesn't go into last. That? So, like, just relying on an outside thing an outside substance Mm -hmm. um that may provide it's a reasonable solution to where some people are at in their life yeah but at some point that isn't going to work and it's not providing with what in magic we would say it's not really giving you a, a real spiritual experience is giving you an illusion of a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Perhaps temporarily it has some use, but in the end it falls short. I um I remember listening to this uh podcast episode with it was Guru Jagat interviewing this woman. Uh her Instagram's Mystic Moyo uh, Moyo and she's um uh an addict and for her she's been clean for many years and for her it was that morning hour of like 5 6 a.m. where she just like she needed to have that exhilaration and that that feeling of of like otherworldliness that could come from you know drugs or like meditation or whatever but for her it was dancing so she started this dance movement community collective where like you'd meet up at some like maybe in a field and then everyone would show up at like 5 36 in the morning and there'd be a big dance party and it would start like before work or before you start your day. And okay. I, I love that. Well, more importantly, Gina, what would that thing be for you? Dancing. Okay. 
Um, Which is like. Your shadow, your shadow evolving. What do you mean? You're like interested in other people's experience with it. But I'm curious what, yeah. what you would do and what you should do or where you want to improve that or go deeper. Or no, it's a... definitely dancing. Okay. No, I, dancing. I'm mentioning this now because I'm really intrigued by her. And also, I've I've been to meditation classes with you and the teacher would be like, well, why am I like being vague about this? When we've gone to Tej in an earlier class, Tej asked me, she's like, are you a dancer? And I was like, oh, I like dance. I like took dance classes in high school, but like I wouldn't call myself a dancer. And then she's like, Oh, she's like, I can see that. And then I remember getting a facial from a Kundalini woman. And she's like, I think you should dance more. Something is coming through. Just for the, those of you (laughs) listening, I was with Gina for like two years, maybe more. Yeah. And then she confided in me that she was on a competitive dance team in high school. That was like your sport. Yeah, it was. So, um, I yeah, really, I do you like just dancing. really held that back, and then you're talking about other people's dance experience. Just start dancing. Yeah, you were on a roll with that class, and then you got pregnant. Yeah, I'm it, the class was called the class, and it's online. Also, not sponsoring the podcast, but I really like, um, I really like this one teacher. Um, well, get dancing. Get dancing. Also, everyone, Gaga dance is watch. fun too. Um, it's interpretive dancing. I'm. I support it, Gina. Um, Will you dance with me? No, I have other means. <laughs> I have thing, other things that interest me. Okay. Like a, actual meditation. Isaiah and I like will that. dance. Isaiah <laughs> likes dancing. I mean, I'm not. But uh, sure, I'll I'll dance around. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. So that like everyone has a thing. There's no right way, wrong way, or whatever. Um, but I do think that. In this next month or so, because Jupiter makes things nice and easy and is generally pretty safe, but Jupiter will absolutely like overdo it, overindulge. Then Venus is is actually in Neptune now, and Venus. You mean is, in Pisces? I'm sorry. Yeah, Venus is coming up to be close to Neptune, and be get thrown in the mix. Uh, I we'll have to check the dates or whatever, but. Um, I don't go too mental with astrology. It gives interesting talking points and there's philosophical patterns and teachings and things to utilize and take advantage. But a lot, you know, it's also just moving fast. Yes. Right. So if you miss out on this epic astrology, although this is kind of an epic one because it doesn't happen a lot, mm-hmm. like every hundred plus hundred, almost pushing 200 years, you know, um, but if you round up, so I mean, it's all significant, and it is these subtle energies, and things have happened. It's interesting to track the shifts in humanity based on some of the astrology. But yes, I guess we're in a new phase. And so what is your commodity for the industrial age? What is your new industrial age? Where are you adding? Where are you being industrious in your life, Saturn? And what are you creating, dispensing, and giving to the world? You know, there's, but Venus will be there. Venus, so in most, most astrologers will tell you Venus is prosperity. And that's not untrue, but Venus is very fleeting. And generally in, in, in the magical astrology, magical teachings, Venus is very temporary. And it's like at the end of the day, okay, so you got some nice shiny things. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like that's a very Scorpio way to put it. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, we need nice niceties. We, but the the prosperity overall in the magical tradition really comes from Jupiter. It comes from every planet has its sort of prosperity code. Every sign has its prosperity code. Every number has its prosperity code. Um, and Venus's code is nice, often tangible assets. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, Venus, in a way, is not always that strong. If you look at Venus and a lot of tarot, certain numbers, things like that, but Venus is, if you look at the Seven of Cups, which is super Venusian, this is the illusion of success. Mm-hmm. And so we have the illusion of success rolling in with the confusion, potential confusion that is Pisces. And I just think like some things for some people will feel and be too good to be true. And it just feels good and right, which is a great energy field for getting high as fuck (laughs) and losing yourself and getting confused. And then eventually the dopamine and the serotonins run out and then you're like left uh, holding an empty bag and you don't know what to do with your life. And that's a lot of stories and not there's people that whatever not everyone's like takes it that far but for a lot of people that will want to take it that far this is a time where people could take it that far mm-hmm. and having been someone who has taken it too far <clears throat> i feel very lucky to sort of have come back yeah and going through my own issues and and problems and serious depression and not wanting to live um, mixed with just, I guess, self-medicating, whatnot. Um, you know, I, I I'm grateful that I sort of cl- cleared it up in a way. Yeah, it seems like what you you definitely use some six energy of devotion and diligence to come out on the other side because it wasn't like it happened overnight either. Well, it sort of did happen overnight. Well, I'm just saying like where you are now from where from like 10 years ago, the growth of my life did not happen overnight, No, but going someday I will share my story on here Mm -hmm. because I just will do that. I was considering it today. I might just do my own solo pod on it episode. I think you should Um, not to talk. It's not about me. It's that people if you're struggling anyone out there listening that is struggling with like getting too high feeling too confused um consuming something where your life is out of balance then um there is a way out like and um it you can you can change um but this can be a time of that but overall, I do feel that, and this is why I'm talking about it, is that guy I was just saying, there's going to be useless people that their only hope is drugs and video games. Yeah. And I don't have, I, I actually think, I actually kind of like video games. Like, um, I like watching shows, things like that. It's just all a matter of where the individual takes it. Yeah. You know, so not it's not like everyone's an addict or an alcoholic. It's just that's where a lot of people are and I think a lot of the planet is that. But more importantly, 
a lot of the planet may just feel useless and unsatisfied. Well, and I think like because we just moved to Vermont and it's really just us three now. Um, I mean, we have like our biological family close by, but if we didn't have that virtual community and our community in LA that we could still communicate with on a daily basis, I think we'd feel a lot more lonely. And I think, you know, the occasional video game would feel, um, more, uh, would feed into a more of a meaningless ex- existence. <laughs> so what you're saying is if we had meaningless lives, it would all be meaningless. Correct. Um, <laughs> that's your seven, still looking for some outside things. Yeah, maybe. But I'm just saying, like, if we're if I look back in the deep of winter and we didn't have community of spiritual practitioners and people that we really, it's like a soul family, then I think we would... There would be moments of like real isolation and uh, feeling uh, sort of a despair. Um, Potentially. Could be. And now a word from our sponsor. Chime. We need good chime music. I know. Gina, I hope you're still serious about electromagnetic frequencies. Yeah, I'm really serious about it. I don't even like you sleeping with the phone by your head. Yeah, I should definitely stop sleeping, but I've been lazy about it. <laughs> I mean, I should stop sleeping with the phone, but I've been kind of lazy about it thanks to wave blockers. That's true. So wave blockers, you can actually put stickers on your electronic devices to block EMFs. Yeah, it's very helpful. You can put them on your uh, wireless earbuds, mm-hmm. which was new to me because I've seen the cell phone ones. Yeah. And these were the first that I've seen for earbuds. Uh, which pretty much everybody is using now. Yeah. Uh, and I see people all over just walking, you know, 24-7. They're wearing those things. I know. So uh, Waveblocks. I was doing that too. Waveblocks are a great product. Um, and uh, it's something to be very mindful. When I used to do the, the hair test analysis, uh-huh. EMF uh, exposure would show up as broken cell walls. Uh, it was pretty fascinating, like, and it would break down the way the signature break would show if it was from, like, cell phones, et cetera, et cetera, or other influences in the environment. So this That's has you crazy. covered for cell phones and for the headphones. Waveflux stickers are easily made to attach to cell phones and wireless earbuds so that you can enjoy your favorite gadgets with lowered risk by significantly reducing your exposure to radiation. Get 20% off today when you use the code REMINGTON, R-E-M-I-N-G-T-O-N, at waveblock.com. Waveblock, products that protect you, designed in Los Angeles, California. Yay, Los Angeles. Now back to the show. Yes. Like, for me, I'm really wanting to build a community of people in Vermont as well, where we can actually like, like our house. I'm like, I can't wait to throw a party or more. So I can't wait to have friends where we can invite them over and have a party at our house. Well, (laughs) uh, that'll be a lot of our friends coming in to visit. Also, we're doing our first ever retreat in August. Yes. In the, one of the most enchanted lands we've ever been in which is the northeast kingdom and um that is going to be a great uh way to connect with community absolutely it's also um i'm really teaching some 
some things that I, I'll never teach online mm-hmm. and uh, stuff stuff I just don't share or, or teach or very there's a couple of private students have had some of this I've worked with them um, and it's definitely going to be deep but if it's also just a beautiful area surrounded by like mountains yeah. and llamas and oh um, and being in the being there in the summer in community it's gonna be great yeah and it's also the aquarius full moon which is the aquarius of the there's the full moon of the sacred star mm-hmm. you know what's interesting is because i i will share more of the magical teachings on the full moons because i noticed um lately especially this past year everyone's been googling like the the names of the traditional full moon of whatever the month is like we're coming into a full moon libra which i th- usually i believe the april full moon is called the pink moon mm. uh, i'd have to check that out but um or the strawberry moon or that might be another one which is all from apparently the farmer's almanac and i like those names but I like to go into what the magical teachings are. So I've, the names sort of the themes stem from that. But what I find interesting is the Aquarius full moon, which is really is the sacred star because it's the st- Aquarius is the star card. Mm-hmm. Apparently the August full moon is called the sturgeon full moon, Oh, which is a fish. Okay. That's like where caviar comes from. Um, but what's the, symbol what's the hidden symbol i know it's the, the fish hook yeah so the letter zadi which is the star card is the fish hook uh-huh so i thought that was kind of a cool um alignment well there's also swimmable ponds at the retreat space where we could recreate the star card but without fish hooks in them yeah um <laughs> get hooked on your own spirituality uh, that's which is sort of what that star card symbol is in a sense. The idea of the fish hook is that the fish represents sort of spiritual prosperity. Yeah, that's Pisces. That's what we're kind of in this amplified Pisces energy now, um, just because Jupiter and Neptune have come together. Mm-hmm. It's really deep. Um, it's super mystical, really. Well, it was interesting because um, I look. We looked back. I'm saying that with like a. Yeah, no, I I heard that. I got that. Well, I was going to say, so we were looking back at a reading that you did for me a year ago around my birthday. And in you did a tree of life reading. And in the world of Kether, which is the top of the tree, was the moon card. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Because like a month later, I got pregnant. And it kind of has like a vagina vibe to it. Uh, yeah, another way to put that is it looks <laughs> like a womb. Yeah, it's a big old puss, cosmic puss out there. Yeah. Um, it's like, and it's like a little secret that it's about to get revealed. Uh, yeah, and it turned out uh, you and got moon pregnant. And moon is the mother. Yeah, the, well, but the moon card, a lot of people would, you would think it would be attributed to the moon. Yeah. That's the priestess card. Correct, it, yeah. But this is, the moon card is Pisces. Yep. Which still is interesting and is it's very relevant. But looking back, it's fun to look back because that was like your birthday reading. Mm-hmm. And then you had some similar cards come up this birthday reading. Yeah. Um, that 
you know, it's funny because we kept getting hints, too, on you getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I kept starting to think it, too. We were, like, in Austin. Or technically, we were in Buda, Texas. Yeah. Which is a great name for a town. Yeah. Uh, That was, like, a cute little area. I bet Um, that Airbnb... Airbnb is so expensive now. Yeah, that was a score. That was like a hundred bucks. Right? It was amazing because we like they the just started. Yeah, yeah, it was like this. It, that was really nice property, um, except for whatever those weird. I call them the Elon Musk dark energy wave patterns, where yeah. I almost passed out. Yeah, I got. Start, I almost passed out too. Yeah, that was weird. Something is happening there. Yeah. Uh, outside of Austin. And there was a, a, a strange frequency that mm-hmm. um, I almost pulled over driving. Then you almost fainted. I almost fainted in the shower. Yeah, that was really spooky. Yeah. And then we found that dead hummingbird, which is <gasps> just not a good oh omen. Oh, my God. Something, <sighs> he probably died in the Elon Musk dark yeah, matter frequency. Yeah, but it was the worst. Can we describe how we found the hummingbird? Its beak was, like, stuck in the screen. So yeah. I was like, is this a fake bird? That's what I thought at first, the poor little guy. Anyhow, oh. we took him out. We, we had a little that mini service. That makes my service. stomach turn. Yeah, but I buried him, said some little prayers that he's moving Now, on. those weren't the signs you're talking about with the pregnancy. We're just now no, going into no, like weird that was like some weird We're talking Austin, about like why Texas. we were like, we're not moving to Austin, There's Texas. like some sort of dark matter waves happening that are yeah. like taking people's minds out. And I'm just attributing it in a funny way to Elon Musk, even though it probably is. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, there was something there, but then there just kept being signs, and then we, we went to Tombstone. Well, Marissa, a friend of ours, yes, um, messaged us and had a dream that we had a baby, mm-hmm. and then it was wasn't it like a few days later that yeah. Calligraphy Larper sent you that note, correct, with your name on it. it was I, like I was just Gina shopping around a, a store, and then the uh, yeah the Larper came up to me and was like, "This is for you." But I think we've told this story a lot. We have, So yeah. just in relation to, um, with tarot, the rule, the, the teaching is you never ask the same question twice. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes that's why I like to look at timelines or an event or something. And then um, the cards are always right. The interpretation can often be wrong. Yeah. Um, and then uh, same thing with like astrology. But uh, it was cool to look back, and then there's a lot of interesting things in store now. But when you look, when I look back at that card, it does seem like pregnancy. Yeah. And I probably knew that then, but I was timid and probably didn't want to admit well, it. And or we say had it. the fool card in Netzok, which is sort of like a relationship. Like it's you know, I yeah, always look at Netzok as like the romance. Uh, it can it it is. Excuse me, it's the world of Venus. Netzach means victory. Mm-hmm. So Venus in its most sort of elevated uh, glory is the energy of victory. Yeah. So it is great, tangible, juicy assets that look good with your eyeballs and feel good. Um, and as long as you're not so attached to the sort of fleeting, temporary, uh, uh, you know, juice of it, then all will be well. But that's the notion, too, with all this Pisces stuff is I've noticed people are really addicted to the phenomenon of it all. 
Yeah. Right. So they judge and gauge their spiritual growth or evolution based on the relentless phenomenons that are happening in the epiphanies. And it's not they're just not always a phenomenon. That's just like chasing clouds and things like that, which is the deeper teaching of the moon card. Mm. The moon card is I said this in that Patreon video, but it's be conscious of where your moon struck. Right. And you're possessed by something outside of yourself that really right. isn't you. And then you just lock into a different thought stream and a different consciousness that doesn't really serve your evolution. Mm -hmm. And so this is Pisces where you can get confused AF. And, um, you know, this is a wonderful time for confusion and misinformation, uh, yeah. if you will. Um, a great time if you were one in charge of dispensing um, information and confusion, you could really t lead people down wrong paths. And it's a great time for brainwashing. Wow. Well, hence the World Economic Forum is happening right now. Exactly. So do not be one of the uh, useless people. Um, I think anyone listening to this is not one of those people that is not no, the trajectory not of their all. life so well i just kicked off the the witch hunters the witches who are <laughs> witch hunters yeah they're just traitors so dark. traitors to their they're not even i don't even want to dignify them that as if that was their craft because it's not but i'm just i'm over it i'm tired tired yeah. of y'all um posers will be exposed it's the Aquarian age the water bearer all posers will be exposed um I have a question. Yes. What are your thoughts on the thinking of like a spiritual bank account? Like I did these meditations. So I'm like, I've built up all this like goodwill that could then be used in like my path of prosperity. And now like I'm not meditating anymore. So like my bank account is emptying out. Like, is that such a, well, is that like neurotic thinking? Both. Both. Yeah. I think mostly for you, it's neurotic. You just had a baby. Yeah. Like literally in uh, several days ago, in a sense. Yes. You know, we still are counting in days of yeah. how old he is. <laughs> so, um, which just on a quick side note is really, I'm completely befuddled when you're like ch chit chatting now with like parents a little bit and they're like, he's 42 months, seven months or something. I'm like, what is that? Like nine like, yeah, I, don't, right. I don't even like I'm like trying to do the math. Um, but yeah, I so the teachings as they were taught to me is we do a lot of the spiritual work and we build up a lot of energy mm -hmm. and um, and we have to ground it and we have to turn it into something. I have sort of coined and used the phrase um spiritual bank account because um a lot of these practices build up this energy in your aura in the ethers and your soul you know I, you know i i don't know exactly that's just those sort of general concepts and you have to do something with it so magic is always teaching that you have you do this and you have to carry it into the world mm -hmm. and you and and so you, in a way you do it to do things in the world it's it's literally the practical application um so it's not just to like get super um devoted and blissed out on the phenomenon of gods even 
and then just do nothing with it or you just sort of evaporate into like we're not cave yogis that may be one incarnation that somebody you may need to experience that but yeah i do that not just my belief but was taught that yeah essentially the way i put it is we build up these spiritual bank accounts so you need to direct that somewhere. You need to sort of spend that energy. Yeah. And then I feel like also there are times to build it up. So if you just kind of keep building it up and keep utilizing it. Um, but if you're just doing all of this without sort of an end, and you may not always know what it is, but turn it into something. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of like deep magical practices and rituals like you'll eat afterwards just to sort of ground out. Even mm -hmm. a lot of yoga classes and practices you, you know, are supposed to eat a little something. Yeah. Afterwards just to because Come back to planet Earth. Yeah, if it ain't practical it ain't spiritual. Like if you're not putting taking all of this heightened energy that you're cultivating and harnessing and then turning it into something in your life. It's like the saying, a poor magician is a poor magician. Mm. And I spent a lot of time being poor, but I was also squandering my energy and all these other things. And I was confused. Um, read the Diary of a Drug Fiend, which I feel like I've mentioned maybe on here, but everyone, that's a Crowley, Alistair Crowley book that people think, or as you say, Alistair Crowley. It's not written um, in riddles. <laughs> Like some of his other books. It's not riddles. It's just a novel. It's okay. Like, but the general message, because the, the notion is people always think all that Crowley stuff, you got to be goth because I follow Instagrams and they're like ultra goth or they think drugs. Um, it's sort of a misnomer. And if you read that book, literally he teaches that drugs gave to were, were useless in the end. And gave the two characters absolutely no purpose where they thought they were gallivanting around the world just, you know, and tons of heroin and cocaine. And then they just fell short and that what the meaning they needed to do something with purpose and meaning. Yeah. So that guy, what's his name? Has Hassar. Oh, so. uh, Yuval Noah Harari. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree, though, because people will you need some meaning and that's what that book is about mm -hmm. is ultimately the two characters needed to do something that was their soul's mission yeah. they needed some purpose yeah um i do think a job even if it's not like oh my soul destiny is to help people and do i'm a conscious disruptor and i'm gonna do something impactful <laughs> um sorry it's blah 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 but um sometimes it just, you feel like you have some purpose and it's nice. Um, but that book was these two characters. It's really an anti-drug book. Yeah. And everyone thinks Crowley was all about drugs and Crowley did drugs. I did drugs. I did a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, it fell short. It served, didn't, it just didn't work. It doesn't work. Chasing the phenomenon doesn't work. Your spiritual path isn't about the glory of phenomenons. Right. As well as magic isn't about psychic powers. <laughs> That's another thing. My other peeve too are people once they start fucking going on about how powerful they are. Yeah. I'm just like, shut the fuck <laughs> up, man. Yeah. Like, just shut up. <laughs> it's like right out of Game of Thrones when uh, that Joffrey King, he's like, but I'm king. And like his 
grandfather or something was like, uh, yeah, buddy, a king doesn't have to keep mentioning that. Right. Um, so, but yeah, it's the phenomenon. And the reason I'm bringing that up again is just this very Neptune in Pisces could be an addiction to phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And then you'll misconstrue that as your spiritual evolution. Well, it's interesting because I, you like to say that I drank a lot, but I didn't drink that much. And um, when I look yeah, at yeah, you did. <laughs> when I look at old pictures of myself, I look so much older than I do now. Yeah, and there's like this weird drinking. aura, and I'm like, what's happening here? Well, I think I just were... look really dark, and um, I don't know, lost. Uh, um, then you found me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I mean, plenty of people have it. Whatever. Wh- in the magical tradition and in my yogic practices, which is our yogic practices, and what, what we practice together magically, the intoxication is just not a part of it. And that's, you can, there's other paths, you know what I mean? So it's, that's not like a judgment or a, a moral code or anything. Yeah. Um, and, and I got swayed of my own, like, because of my own issues. I've been in this. I've been in this game my whole life, literally. Um, and, you know, for me, some part of me um, just, I have to never do it. But it's also not part of the path. And I felt like for some time I was kind of living double lives or just I was lying to myself. Um, but, you know, this keeps coming up is this could be what's happening. Mm. So I think this a lot of people lying to themselves. Well, for sure, just not even intentionally. I I think um, a lot of people are unsure and confused. That's why I'm really excited to release the book of prosperity practices, because really they're more practices of some deeper alignment of your soul. Mm -hmm. You know, and we don't. You know, you don't always have to know everything or what it is i i do believe sometimes the phenomenon if you use it right like if you get you know a quote download in a meditation and a cl- and clarity of purpose yeah. and vision well <clears throat> go do it you know right otherwise you just puff away into fantasy and dream and uh just a, it's very ineffectual well, I like to use because I'll have prophetic dreams sometimes, and I like to I use those. I trust your dreams. I do too. More, more so recently, especially becoming a mother, I feel like I'm really my psychic powers have just enhanced tenfold. But, uh, but yeah, I'll have prophetic dreams, and I feel like I used to really hold on to them and like obsess over them and want to tell everybody about it. But now it's like I'll tell you about it, and then there'll be a lesson in it that will have sort of a reoccurring it'll it'll show up again and again you should keep that notebook by your bed i really you usually sh- do, i really should yeah it's important to write those down i i'm going to start writing them down more i think have we talked about dreams we have yeah okay um i mean a lot of these topics are going to keep coming up again but uh, this would definitely be quite a time for some dream work. Yeah. I mean, you love sleeping anyway. Me, I know. But Neptune in Pisces is literally like dreamy, atmospheric, multidimensional. It's, 
Yeah. It's great for, for music someone that loves or art or mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I do love sleeping and I feel like I don't know. I thought I'd be more sleep deprived since having a baby, but we have a nice little ritual where you'll take them for a couple hours in the morning and then I'll sleep. Yeah, but that's also when I do a lot of my work. So I wake up yeah. and then I'm I like <laughs> to be done. So, you know, we we got to figure we gotta that out. We got to find a good schedule. Yeah. But I do love just when it's he and I chilling out early morning and he's up. He's been really sweet. Um, so I'm really grateful. I feel like a lot of the little techniques, even Gurjas was telling us, like she was mentioning just things to like share or, or like tell your kids. So I was like, yeah, it's okay. You can sleep. Yeah. I was like, your mom loves sleeping. Um, and he's a pretty good sleeper. Well, she also said, and I think this is really important for anyone having a kid is to really write down a lot of these stories of like dreams where he shows up well, or we're his having birth story. Those dreams you dreamt about his name. I had another sort of audible experience, some message from the cosmos. And I don't usually, I'm not at, what is it? A Claire, not Claire. Is that Claire sentient? Hold on a second. He's uh, not sleeping now. He's <laughs> been snoozing off through the whole pod. <laughs> yeah. People like the little baby noises. Oh. He does let us work, generally speaking, though. He's been a chill kid at this point, oh, which yeah. makes me think. I wonder what the pattern is. Like, is he going to be chill in, you know, in his one or five or an adult? Like, kind of, he seems open minded. Like, we just went to your. Gina has a huge family. Uh huh. Really on both sides, but is your dad's side is just closer. And yeah. They're like such a clan. And then all these people came. He just met his great-grandmother. So cute. Who's, so it was four generations. She's 97. She's 97. They're almost 100 years apart. That's pretty wild. so trippy. And um, a lot of people showed up. Yeah. And he was getting passed around. Uh Uh-huh. And he was, like, totally fine. I know. Nobody spooked him out. He was just... So I feel good about that, that he's, even when we stopped at that one place and that dog was like barking really loud and crazy, like right at us. And he just, it, like it was, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um, so I think I, that'll carry through his life. He's, well, I'm, I'm hoping that he has enough Aquarius that he's just open-minded and that Aquarius energy that's like, you do you. Yeah. I'm going to do me. Um, you know, it's the water bearer. The truth will set you free unless, of course, you post the truth and then on social media and then you're going to get censored. But yeah. Outside, outside um, of social then media. You'll be ostracized and canceled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like this is like this Hunter Biden laptop thing. Oh, my God. Which I don't get like, honestly, if I were Hunter Biden and smoking crack and whatnot i would absolutely do everything i could that would give me a shit ton of money like i i would have done that and oh absolutely like i don't give a shit about hunter biden per se um it's just what is more interesting to me is how everything was like a conspiracy theory it was misinformation i like watched this whole clip of like 
the same exact script from every news outlet saying like it's a textbook case of Russian disinformation. (sighs) It's a textbook case of Russian disinformation. And um, regardless of I don't care if it was Donald Trump's laptop, Hunter Biden, uh, Nancy Pelosi's, uh, any of these. I don't care if it was like Slash from Guns N' Roses laptop. I'm more fascinated by the amount of sort of cover-up lies and bullshit. I know. And so I wonder if this Neptune stuff, you really can use Piscean, Neptunian, and then Jupiter, you expand it. And then uh, Venus energy, which is at play right now, is Venus is illusion. It's the illusion of success. So you just sort of... It's mis, um, it's like misdirection and magic. So you create a little puffy, beautiful, sparkly thing mm-hmm. off in the corner to distract, like, mm, sparkly things. And then uh, you just, like, lie about everything. I feel like a really great movie or TV show will come out around that time. Or it'll be, like, a mediocre show or movie, and people are going to go crazy. Yeah, well, that's it. my... Um, La La my, Land that's theory. That's the, the La La Land contingency theory. That <laughs> yeah. Is, that I am going to document as an academic uh, truth. <laughs> Which I want to say. Because I still think that was the worst movie ever. Yeah, but I think we should actually watch it on a better television. I've been thinking about that for maybe five years now. Yeah, Maria's TV sucks. I'm so calling bad. her out. I don't think she listens. But her <laughs> yeah. friend Maria, I'm still bitter as a Scorpio, <laughs> even though she totally hooked me up with an amazing place to live, really supported. and I got to live there too. At, well, Yes. And she encouraged it. Yeah. She didn't encourage. She never gave me a chance to say no. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. You were standing (laughs) right there and she goes, oh, you can just move in here when you were looking for a place to live. No, you were giving me those googly eyes. I didn't give you shit, lady. (laughs) In fact, the first time we started hanging out, I thought, oh, cool. Maybe this is going somewhere. And I literally invested in an air conditioner. Oh, and yeah. And then you never showed up. Oh, yeah. But then we really Gina got, we really got serious. And um, and then I moved in like a month later. So Yeah, because of Maria and her shitty TV. No, because of the timelines. That was Venus retrograde. <laughs> it was. Um, but that was that Oscar party. But anyhow, enough. Everything, the Oscars suck. The movies suck. <laughs> everything sucks. Everything's COVID schlocked. <laughs> Most of the shows have just gone down the Except tube. Severance. Okay, yes. So that shows show. that Gita and I, we haven't talked about shows in a while. No. Severance, unless we're experiencing our own de- misinformation, confusion, and delusions. Potentially, but I don't think so with this. Severance is a really good show. It's the only show of merit that I've ever seen on the Apple Network. Yep. And <laughs> the Apple Network. <laughs> yeah, it's their own yeah, no, streaming I know. service. It just sounded but, so um, like official. The uh, set. So, if anyone out there looking for a new show, uh, Severance is kind of a great little bit dystopian thriller but not about the current events of dystopia or the world is invaded by zombies it's like a cool it's a workplace drama yes an office <laughs> it's the dystopia. opposite it's the opposite of the office yeah um it's like sci-fi but then everything all the toys are from yes the 80s no it's a great show the story at this point keeps you super engaged i love those actors um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, Adam Scott and John Turturro, Christopher Walken, Patricia Arquette. Oh, and, and then, Britt, Britt um, Lauer. 
Who's that? She plays Helly. Yeah, who is she? She's like. She just appeared she's out of kind nowhere. Of appeared out of nowhere. If you look on her IMDb, she's really only been in like short films. She probably was in plays or something. I know, but Community. she's so good. She's um, my favorite, and Adam Scott, of course. I don't. I don't. I'm neutral to Adam Scott, and he's great in this. I like him in like the comedies I've seen him in, like Party Down, which is one which of is the fantastic best yeah. comedies of all time that only lasted Especially two if you've seasons. Catered. Yeah, if you've done any catering, it's amazing. Yeah, but um. I think what happened with that show is everyone's careers went big and it just, they couldn't do it again. Yeah. But, um, so Severance is a really good show and I think it's been out for a bit. We're a little late to the party on it, but Search Party was also <laughs> yeah. a brilliant comedy that at first, like first couple of episodes, I was like, who are these assholes? I know. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, oh, they're millennials. <laughs> they're totally spoofing and it's a dark comedy. Yeah. That there's the only show I've watched that went so far off the rails that it still was amazing. And it went off the rails in the best way that I so search party is if you want like yeah. a little bit of a dark comedy. Um, it's it's a good show. It's creative. Yeah. I, I like also, what, costume design. And that the, is so good. It's just spot on. The writing is hilarious. The yeah. Act, like, it's a it's just a good show. Those have yeah. been our shows. Severance. Um, Severance is super creative. It's almost up there, like, Succession for me. Succession Agreed. is a bigger show. Mm-hmm. Um, way more entertaining. Big scale. But um, sometimes I wonder, because we watched Succession while I was pregnant, I was like, maybe that's why Isaiah is a little serious. Oh yeah, a little serious. Just picking man. up on it. Mm, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's a little deeper than that. No, of course. Um, you also watch Squid Games. Hi. Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's like his own strong. He's Aquarius. He's just like not phased. Yeah. Luckily, there were subtitles in Squid Games. Um. That was pretty good. That was another good dystopian show. Yeah. Um. I think that's kind of our genre dystopian yeah even just it's usually not for me but now yeah well just severance is a good show i don't know that i like it because it's dystopian it's just a good show yeah and i'm intrigued by the story and uh they do it well and it's great actors and of course christopher walken is like delightful (laughs) um my uncle who recently passed uh, I think I've mentioned that I always talk about him being in West Side Story. Yeah. Only because we saw West Side Story and it's just come up. But Christopher Walken was in that because I was looking at the original playbook. He was in the Bill- chorus, wasn't he? Yeah. It just was. He was a nobody. He was a useless. Isn't that amazing? He was a he was a nobody useless person. Yeah, but he did you know he was on the boat when, when Natalie Wood died? Yes. I mean that's crazy too. Um, maybe he pushed her. Possible. No one knows really what happened. Um, hey, buddy. All right. He is alive and he's actually a little smiley. He likes the pod. Yeah. <laughs> so we should probably at t- time. You want to say goodbye and hello? <laughs> yes. Awesome. That's very good. He is ready to start his own pod. <laughs> and with that, like many blessings with this amazing Jupiter uh, Neptune conjunction. Um, also, we have a f- very few spots. The spot spaces are limited, and we have a few spots left for the retreat. Yeah. So reach out for that. Um, and I guess that's uh, 
Yeah, and if, if oh, you and are Patreon. so yeah, if you are interested in um, coming with us, meeting us um, at in the Northeast Kingdom on our retreat, it's August 11th through the 14th. Um, it kicks off on the full moon in Aquarius, and you can email us at info at remingtondonovan.com for more information. All right. Okay, well. He's ready. Yeah, okay. He's like, goodbye. I already said goodbye. <laughs> yep. Let thy soul be awakened. Let thy soul be awakened.